Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue. Today we are paying tribute to Dallas creator, producer, and writer David Jacobs. We lost him on August 20th, 2023. He passed away at Providence St. Joseph Medical Center in Burbank, California from a series of infections after a long journey with Alzheimer's disease. He was 84. David was born on August 12, 1939 in Baltimore, Maryland to Melvin and Ruth Jacobs. David had a younger sister named Susan. Jacobs' dad, Melvin, drove a cab, sold insurance, and worked in a lamp factory to make ends meet, which made him miserable. This heavily influenced David's life as he swore to himself that he was never going to go to work hating what he did. So, after struggling in high school, he enrolled at the Maryland Institute College of Art to pursue his passion for painting. And although he had a lot of passion, he quickly realized he couldn't make a career out of it. So he refocused on writing, which he had never really considered much before that because it just came so easy to him. But because it came easy to him, he was just naturally amazing at it. He earned a master's degree in art history at Hunter College in New York and landed a steady gig writing biographies for the Book of Knowledge and Viking Press published his first children's book, Master Painters of the Renaissance, in 1968. Soon after graduation, he moved to New York City, where he worked as an illustrator and researcher for Grawlier's Encyclopedia. He soon branched out as a freelance writer of nonfiction articles, making architecture his specialty. He wrote for Esquire, Holiday, and the New York Times Magazine. He also worked as a story editor for American Heritage and covered the art scene for Newsweek. He wrote another book, 1975's Chaplin, The Movies and Charlie, and co-wrote the nonfiction book, Police, A Precinct at Work with Sarah Ann Friedman based on his experience with ride-alongs with the police for six months. His marriage to actress Lynn Plachette produced one child, his daughter Albin, but ended in divorce. He later married his second wife, Diana, with whom he had two children, Aaron and Molly. Jacobs moved to Los Angeles to be closer to his daughter and tried his hand at screenwriting. His script for a proposed pilot miniseries tentatively named Untitled Linda Evans Project was later named Dallas, and the rest is history. David is survived by his wife Diana, children Albin, Aaron, and Molly, and grandchildren Riley and Georgia. The following is an archived interview conducted by Ultimate Dallas in 2013. Enjoy. We're pleased today on Ultimate Dallas to welcome David Jacobs, the creator of Dallas and Knott's Landing. David, welcome. Thank you. Great uh, to be here. Yeah, we got a lot of uh, questions about the original Dallas, the new Dallas, the movie that never happened, and Knott's Landing, of course. Um, okay. So we should j jump right in. Um, okay. Now, the new the new Dallas has aired season one. Have you have you seen it? I have. Yes. And what are your overall impressions? Well, I'm delighted to see Dallas uh, uh, surviving, you know, and being uh, reincarnated again and again. But um, and uh, I haven't been involved in the new one. Didn't want to be because didn't want to be uh, directly involved because 
you know, I'd already written down, I said, turned down, but I'd like to see somebody else take a different take on it. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty good. I do, I do think it's pretty good. I think it's, um, uh, I think it's finding itself. You know, I think it's a little bit too plot heavy, but that's because they don't quite know the characters yet and they'll get on to them. Right. So you think fans should give them a chance to get settled in as every new show does and see wh- how it's settled absolutely. out? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, uh, uh, you t- first of all, it takes a while for television shows, uh, to, uh, especially the character-driven shows, to sort of find their rhythm and to, uh, uh, to balance uh, the character, character against the plot. Um, they, they really shouldn't be separate things, but they generally are. And um, I think, you know, the 10 shows were promising. I haven't seen any of the uh, 15 of the second season shows yet. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you might have done differently? I know you maybe perhaps reversed the roles of John Ross and Christopher, or... I would have. I, I, well, I, I know I was, I've, I've said that a couple of times, but I always say that not as a, not as a suggestion of what should have been done, but how I would have done it different. How you know, I who did it, uh, did it one way, would have just naturally not wanted to to recreate what was there, but to go another way. And what I'm saying is that I think in a way they they were, uh, uh, and I appreciate this, more faithful to the. Um, uh, to the, the original than I would have been because I would have wanted to do something different. You know, and I thought one of the first things that came to mind was uh, reversing the kids, which made which which would have made sense because, you know, Christopher's the adopted one. Right. And has, um, has Chris so told that so he would want to grow up to be you know, the baddest doing of them all. And uh, John Ross could be you know, John... Uh, Randy Rockefeller Jr., you know, who spends his life doing doing good deeds to, to kind of clean up the, uh, the the damage that his father did to the family name. And I thought that would also create, uh, I like the idea because it would create a father-son conflict. In fact, two layers of uh, silent, uh, silent um, father-son conflict. And, you know, as an old veteran of this, I know that uh, there's almost no better. Mm-hmm. How have you found the portrayals? How have you found the portrayals of the uh, the yeah, actors? Uh, Hello. 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 I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Hello. Oh, I think we lost him. Have we? Yeah. Might have to. Um, it's still saying here. He's here. Hold on. Can you hear me? I can hear you still. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Okay. We'll have to do a little editing. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an airplane. Hi. I don't know what's wrong, huh. but it was. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> hi. We lost you there. Marianne. Putting my plug in, although I have a full, I am fully charged, and I have Sound, five bars here. Sounded like an airplane. Um, <laughs> yeah, give me a number. Uh, give me a number um, in case uh, I have to hang up and get you on a hard line. Right. Okay. Um, right. Uh, 
Josh, do you want? Have you got a number? Um, no, I'm on a computer. Right. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, so. Right, well, let's just leave it like this, then, and I'll move to a well, okay. safer area. We'll just let's, We'll just keep going then. Um, Okay. Yeah. So we just yeah. Just to recap then. So I think Josh, you're about to ask about the the uh, the portrayal of uh, the other characters. I think uh, of uh, the actors portraying uh, John Ross and Christopher. How have you found their uh, performances? I think they're fine. I think the um, the um, I think they're fine. I think they're nicely shaded, so that even though they haven't, uh, as I said, I would have done it more radically, but. But they're not um, even John Ross. They're not shaded. They're not pure, pure hero and pure villain. Hmm. So it's a little bit of gray in there. Yeah, which I always like. Yeah. Not saying everybody was gray. Yeah, which um, is interesting because um, in it seems like some of the characters on the new show feel more three dimensional, like the Knott's Landing characters, like. Bobby's conflicts with Christopher seem to arise out of his overprotectiveness towards his son, and it kind of resembles Karen's relationship with her children. Um, do you see any of that in this? Um, I hadn't thought of it, but it's true. But whenever you play play the gray, as you say, you know you're 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 taking you're more grounded, you know, because you ha- you have. Everybody has a kid, or everybody is a kid to a parent. Mm-hmm. You know, and those sort of relationships, um, uh, when you portray them, it's uh, you know, we've long past the time in the fifties when father knew best. And yeah. So that um, um, I find it okay. I, I find it not as interesting as um, as uh, yes, but it'll get there. Right, because as you said, it's still early and. It's still early, and it and it uh, and it's very plot heavy. That yeah. that 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 um, is not. I don't know whether it's a critique or not, but that's as close as I'm going to come to doing it. Changing critical. That, that it seems overly plotted to me. Right, and and I and that's usually a symptom of of um, of, of a thinness in the in the uh, character. Yeah, that, that's that's actually that's interesting because a lot of uh, a lot of fans have said that comparing you know comparing it to the original or even like not slanding and one of the you know I know that in the US it's got like strong ratings in the UK it's it's kind of lost a lot of viewers and uh, and some fans feel it's because it's so plot driven and possibly perhaps because it hasn't got a root for character like um, like in original Dallas you had Pamela Barnes Ewing who kind of Pamela, took you, right. who took you into that world and there isn't necessarily that kind of character in this do, do you feel that's important? I do I, I don't think of so much it has to be a rooting character although it generally is but um, because, uh, but it's somebody to uh, for the audience to hook on to to take you into the thing and that, that was definitely Pamela because she was an outsider coming into this uh, formidable family and formidable environment. So we all saw it the way Pamela did, you know. And Pamela was also, um, uh, you know, really played this, but she really had very middle class um, aspirations. She didn't want to be rich and, and, and famous and all that. She wanted a little house in the country. That's because that goes all the way back to the beginning. But she never had the same values, and, and we'd like to think we, we had. She had the values that we think 
ordinary people like to have explicit children in the and now everybody wants to be rich. And you once stated that um, Pam was initially one of your favorite characters to write for. Um, why Why would you say that was? Uh, when I first wrote it, and I don't think I said she was my favorite. I thought she was really more important. Okay. Um, and that she was... Um, she, she was named for a good friend of mine. So good for <laughs> young woman. It was the only woman I knew from Texas. So. I named her Pamela. And um, um, I just thought she was, um, because initially her role, remember Bobby was not supposed to be as as strong as he was. He was supposed to be like a brick on Cat and Hutchin. He was supposed to be uh, a blank piece of paper. You know, he, he, was, he liked being a playboy. He didn't really want to go into family business. But it was to be Pamela. And this, I guess, was done. It was to be Pamela who said, you, know, you, can't, you can't let your brother just do everything because it's going to come back and slap you in the face. And, and without you, you know, you got to grow up. You have to be a man. You have to, you know, and that that would be, and so that J.R. knew that. And I guess in the first, first, uh, um, first five, and then the first season, you had that because um, J.R. knew that she was the, the enemy, and getting rid of her was the was the prime necessity. And that that's what I meant. That's what I mean too. When I mean, if it's character driven, if the if the um, uh, if the conflicts are built into the into the um, structure of the piece, then you don't have to go. You could, you could have Jr. and Pamela in the same room uh, talking about the weather, and there's still con- there's ton- tension. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because you know that, mm-hmm. that he wants her out, and right. you know not to trust him. He tells her how nice she looks. <laughs> <laughs> what does he mean by that? You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, her her ending obviously left fans cheated. Um, why do you feel that they let her left her character hanging? And is it often a difficult decision to kill off a main character? I know you had that. Dilemma with Laura on Knott's Landing. I did. So I remember, and, and to be completely open, I, I didn't wasn't running Dallas. I was running Knott's Landing. Mm-hmm. Um, after I, I created Dallas, but I was working for, I was a story editor in another show, and it was the first thing I did. And um, although I went, you know, I consulted every year on the um, uh, on the Bible, and my office was directly down from. Well, captains and we discussed things frequently. Um, I didn't run it. It wasn't, it wasn't my decision to get to uh, to get rid of her in that way. Um, so, and unfortunately, the people whose decision it was are gone. Uh, Leonard and Phil mostly, but but um, uh, I don't think they had. A, a terrific relationship with uh, Victoria, and, um, and and that, unfortunately, sometimes when you're doing something that lasts as long as these years last, that does color um, the responses of some of uh, some producers, not me certainly. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's obviously, but, uh, she's obviously the a big cliffhanger here in 2012. Still, people are continue asking uh, about her and where she went and what happened. Um, 
Regarding something like Lara Knott's Landing, it, was it a conscious decision not to show her death on screen? Um, well, we always used to say, don't show anybody. Uh, who was it? Uh, Fred Silverman used to be president of the KPC. He used to always attribute it to him. Was, Did you see the body? No, then she's not dead. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you, know, you want to bring her back, you bring her back. Um, if you saw the body and you're you know, in the coffin, coffin clothes and everything, you can, that's when you did. Um, the, uh, um, well, you have to be careful when he shows, uh, not to, as they get older and they get a little weaker and you have to trim down your cast, you want to be careful not to cut off a real limb, you know? Mm-hmm. And when we got to that stage on Knott's Landing, where it was cut or canceled, you know, um, and nothing probably, and so Dallas should have ended four years earlier, um, you know, four years earlier, and they just kind of coasted. And you have to make good decisions. I mean, they're horrible decisions because you, your, your family is in place, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, get, losing Julie Harris when not planning was, was uh, I think I cried. I mean, literally. <laughs> um, and Laura, you, you have to go according to who's tuning in to watch the show, yeah? And you have various ways of measuring that. Uh, and you have your gut feeling, which is usually the most active. That people are people really losing, uh, leaving, the, uh, watching the show for Laura. Now, when we had when we had um, she, uh, what's her name, Lisa Hartman, <laughs> then that little that little supposed affair between her and and um, and Laura made it more fun. It made it interesting. <laughs> At that point, maybe people, maybe people, you know, it was funny in those days because you couldn't. If we did it now, we just say they went off. You know. They did. They wanted to run off together, <laughs> and uh, there it was all. Um, it was all uh, euphemisms and and and, uh, and possibilities. And I, I think that's what was fun. Sometimes, you know, we had some, some really funny scenes with the two of them. But anyway, we had to get rid of it. And John and uh, um, you know Richard and Laura were really uh, after Kenny and Ginger. Richard and Laura had to go. We wouldn't cut into it any, any deeper than that, but. I'm the main, the main people. Mm-hmm. So you, you just have to be careful because however it's done, it's going to leave a residue. I mean, you're asking me now about the last uh, the story of leaving the show. Fortunately, right. I'm old and senile, or I don't remember <laughs> all the details. Right. Some would, some would argue that Knott's Landing would have been more a successful show to bring back in a way that it can relate to the audience with... Karen being the voice of Middle America, do you think that would ever happen? And what would your take be on them? In if Matt Slandy came back, I mean, I won't say that Mike and I, my father and I, don't ever talk about that. But if Matt Slandy came back, it would have to come back as new, new kids on a new cul-de-sac, a whole other real generation. And um, I don't think it ever would have happened because Knott's Landing, as glorious as it was, especially in its prime, it never had. It was never the the, the worldwide uh, uh, 
success that, that Dallas was, and it wasn't the brand, the valuable brand that Dallas was. Mm-hmm. So I doubt that anybody would have done it again. Um, if they did do it again, how would you do it? I don't know. You launch it maybe the same way they launched uh, this with 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 uh, uh, Karen and uh, and uh, Mac and Val and Gary being really the only survivors. The name if you could get them. And um, but really, really, really set yourself free fairly early. You know, because otherwise, you, the older people that are going to watch the show, they're going to stop. And you don't really, um, uh, either they're going to stop if you get rid of them too fast, or they're not going to watch it if they're not there. But uh, I think it's hard. Now, so far, I'm saying, I, I will say, I think they're succeeding in um, in balancing the participation of the old to the new. But then I hear that they're bringing in, that they want to bring in some, I mean, uh, Carrie and Val, who were launched on Dallas. And I said, oh, that's nice, but but I, why do they have to do that? I think they should be kind of weaning themselves, not uh, not staying on the on the pit, you know? Right. Now, um, now what, what would you, since they are bringing them back, um, Gary and Val, now that you mentioned them, how would you want to see and not see them depicted in the new series at this point in their lives. Can I say something off the record? Yeah. I would want to see them in better shape than they are. <laughs> <laughs> I would want to see <laughs> So, uh, um, <laughs> um, they're both delightful people and, and uh, uh, but anyway, Ask the question again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, how would I, I have no idea how they're going to use it. I think you'd have to activate Lucy a little bit beforehand mm-hmm. to, to set it up. Uh, I can't see them quite setting. Although he is a brother, you know, and if he hears that that uh, Bobby is sick, he could easily come visit. But you want more than come visit. You would want something in the in the you know, something in the wills or something in the estate that would bring them in so that they're, they're in there. They, they come in in a, in a way of conflict. But I haven't thought of those things. I really don't think much of um, about stories for them. For that show. I don't think much of stories uh, <laughs> anymore since I've retired. When I retired, I retired. <laughs> right. right. Is, it, is there anything that you wouldn't like them, you wouldn't like to see happen to the characters of Val and Gary? Is there anything you would you would not be happy with if you saw it depicted in a certain way? Um, I don't know. I, I they, have a, they have children, right? So they have the twins. So I guess they be no, I can't think of anything except that I don't want to see them down and out. You know, hmm. I, I would like to think that they made a, a good adjustment to their life. Right, and uh, it's hard to believe it, but you know, as on as off as volatile as they were. But um, you know, I, I've just become a, a grandfather this year twice. The first time, and I find it. I know it, this is an old story. Everybody first becomes a grandfather feels it. Feels. Uh, uh, it's really like no other, like no other feeling. 
that you're at because you, you it, it's it's more than than you have with your kids because with your kids when you're raising them you have responsibilities too you have to teach them values and do all those things grandparent you just say go do it and let me do it with you and here's some money but but uh, if I could find them in in that position and one of their grandchildren were somehow involved in tired and that would be nice I'd like to see them see a real set of grandparents had been a real set of grandparents since the war mm. um, you know that felt real and they only felt real for a couple of seasons right uh, so I don't really have any I'd like to be surprised now mm-hmm. obviously Gary and Val came from the Dallas universe um, there's been talk about Possibly a character like Abby crossing over. I know she had an affair with Jr. on Knott's Landing, and she was heavy after Jock's will and Gary's inheritance. Um, could you could you see her crossing over? Well, if they cross her over, it's a whole different story. Because um, if they cross her, they can use. Uh, Gary and Val easily because they were created on Dallas. Dallas was my first show. I had that deal. It was a pretty weak deal, but I never complained mm-hmm. because that's what grid you know, the skids of my career. <laughs> um, by the time of not slamming, I was uh, a much better contract, and I had there to find. Uh, you know, they have to come to me and ask, I guess, and they have to, um, and I have to figure out. Uh, it better becomes a legal situation, so I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know if it's legal. I might work it out quite agreeably, but um, it's hard to think of a uh, what would you do with it when you came over? I don't know. Let them think of it. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't given that any thought. Right, and just to clarify, what's your current? status on the ownership of, of the brand. I know there's movie rights and Knott's Landing and the TV and... Uh, I don't want to get into that. Because it's... Um, yeah. It, some of it is vague anyway. And uh, I had, because of the guilt contract at that time, separated, separated rights, which meant that I owned the uh, movie rights. Okay. And, book, book. and so what we did when there was talk of doing the movie... They had to buy the rights from me, and that was very nice. But um, and a complete separate negotiation. But the other rights, you know, spin-off sequels, whatever, are sort of vaguely touched in. You know, you know what was Knox Landing? Knox Landing was really the thought of the parent, the first in, first conceived in my mind. You know, you know that story. I went in and pitched Knox Landing, and they said they they'd like to get into that area, but you know, just continuing drama. But they want something glitchier something more of a saga. So we came up with Dallas. And then when Dallas became uh and become successful, they said they pulled out the you know, non landing presentation that I had left them left with them and they said, Is there any way to make this a Dallas spin off? Of course it was easy because it were four couples just make one of them Gary and Val. Right. So, but but I do have I do have a I mean this was night when I made the not landing yeah, it was nine it was 18, uh, 1890. That's good. It was um, 18, uh, 1980. Um, and by that time, I think it's all listed what my uh, royalties and percentage in profit participation would be. So 
but I don't know. I don't want to get into that. Yeah. Now, the Dallas movie, I know it originally started off as you were going to have it more of a dark Enron-like story, and then it kind of changed into the aborted John Travolta and Jennifer Lopez thing that happened. Is How did that all progress to that point and end up where it ended up? Um, well, again, that was one I didn't want to write. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, it, it, because um, I'd already written it, and I thought somebody should be more... I always say that somebody should be more 21st century you know, than I am. And then they bring in people who are more 21st century. And when we have meetings in the room, I seem to be the youngest guy in the room. I mean, at least in my head, you know, I think much more radically, think very conservative. Um, and that script, nobody really wanted to, nobody being the studio and uh, the writer, really wanted to do Dallas. And Dallas is a, is a slightly over the top, but still grounded, um, serial. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, based on enormous wealth, a family of enormous wealth and enormous power. So I guess it was natural that the the studio always wanted to do it uh, comedically, but but then it kept getting more extreme. And I wasn't writing it. It was really between them and the studio. And um, Bob Harling was writing it. He was a good writer. Mm -hmm. But at one point, somebody said, well, it should be like Talladega Nights. And I took to the producing party. You know what? I think I'm going to take a vacation right now. <laughs> 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 I don't know. How the hell do you make like that? You know, I mean, you could do, you know, I, I don't know if you just see the ultimate soap opera, you know, on, uh, but nighttime soap opera. Right. And um, I think the, the main problem was it was always going to be an expensive movie, and they never got a script to tell it. Mm-hmm. And it was all somewhat indecision. And there was turmoil within the company. And I was hungry all the time. I mm-hmm. After those meetings. Right, yeah. Um, when, when did you hear that... Uh Dallas was coming back. I know there's been had been talk about different incar- incarnations over the years, and did you feel it was a good time to bring it back at this time as opposed to when they did the first reunion movie in 1996? Yeah, that 1996 movie wasn't very good. Neither of the reunion movies were any good. Mm. Uh, I think it was too soon for a reunion. It's like going to your fifth reunion of your high school back, and you know? Everybody's still, you know, there. Same guys you seeing anyway. But um, I always thought that it could um, come back again. But I didn't. I never. I guess I never thought of it as coming back as a weekly television show. You know, it come back as a movie, or come back as as a um, uh, a series of television movies. That would be neat. The way they do in England more, you know, where you have maybe six hours each year, you know, two, three hours. Right. Three, uh, two hours. Like Colombo did in the United States, too. Well, like Colombo did, that is a perfect example. And, 
Um, but I never tried to. Uh, I met when I said when I was hired from television. I didn't. I had other projects I wanted to, and they were they were you know, novel projects, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know anything that I had to push the tab tab key more than once, I wouldn't do to write the script. But um, uh, so I never, when I when I found out about it, I just heard about it. My father heard about it in New York and called me up and began to I hadn't told him. I said, I haven't told you. What, what are you talking about? He said, what are you telling me about this? What's going on? About Dallas. What about Dallas? So we're redoing it. So that's how I found out. And it was always, a lot of us uh, flash back to a conversation that uh, Barbara Belgetti's character, Miss Ellie, had with Sue Ellen, where she talked about the battle would be going on 30 years later between John Ross and Christopher, and she wasn't going to be around to see it, and and is that what what Sue Ellen wanted for her her son's future and everything? It really, in some ways, it foreshadowed that the series was going to be a more about legacies and could come back thirty years later. Well, it has, right? And it uh, is about legacies. Um, but, but let's see what they do with it. You know, I mean, I don't. I said I would have done it differently, but I'm not critical of what they're doing. Right. Um, I would have done it differently just to keep my keep myself interested. Right. You know, um, um, and um, I'm delighted that it's back on, and I'm delighted, you know, to uh, um, yeah, to get so far like this and to uh, be able to talk for a while mm-hmm. uh, about it. And um, I don't know about right or wrong time. It's such a crazy time right now. Yeah. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just nuts. And I thought, like, in early 2003, uh, one of the things you're going to do in one version of the script, you're going to open up with Bobby and J.R. the meeting with uh, some people in California, some power people, and the lights dimmed. And the lights went out. I don't need to remember the 2003 or 2002 brownouts that we had here. And everybody gets alarmed in the jail, which is probably it. Don't worry, it's us. We're doing this. <laughs> and I thought that was a, good, a nice topic, boy. And he talks about making it. And then you cut to JR coming out, coming out of the White House. He's a friend of Cheney's. The Cheney Bush administration gave, I thought, was like watching Dallas, you know? I mean, we didn't uh-huh. maybe get into the loves, maybe into the romances, but we did get into the, um, uh, it felt like, like Dallas had become. Did you see a piece that, I forget the name of the woman, I have a line somewhere that woman wrote for the New York Times magazine, magazine about two weeks before it premiered? Um, it was great. It was, well, I, I think I did, yes. It, 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 it was took up both those opposite pages if you want to, you know the centerpiece I don't know what it is um, but she really had a take about how how uh, Dallas came Dallas the time when Dallas came was so right for Dallas well, I, I couldn't know that I couldn't be prescient I didn't know Ronald Reagan was going to be president I didn't know that all of that you know everything was going to change I was lucky and um but when you think of the the atmosphere of 
of Dallas. I thought that with that atmosphere, the, the people of Dallas, Dallas show would have been completely comfortable to be Dallas. And it was obviously it was obviously coming off of the 15 years before the show went on the air the first time. It was coming off the the whole Kennedy assassination and the negative stigma that was associated with it. Well, that we we never dealt with that. I only said that the first time because uh, when I because Kennedy assassination was uh, 15 years earlier. Right. So um, it was. Uh, I wasn't sure what it where it was set. I did a little couple of pages, uh, you know, just saying about the characters from the Zoya family. And I sent it over to Mike Tyler, and, and uh, I didn't hear from my call, and I said, what do you think? He said, oh, I already sent it over there. And I said, what did you send it? Oh, well, really? He said, yeah, I just tore off the cover page. I said, well, why? He said, you don't want to say untitled. Untitled. <laughs> so uh, I said, what did you call it? He said, Dallas. And I was in Dallas. Kennedy was killed in Dallas. I don't know if I wanted to be in Dallas. <laughs> and I knew enough that the, Dallas is a banking town. Houston is the is the um, the the cattle town. It's not as interesting. But as, and then Dallas, the city of Dallas, began to uh, turn itself into the TV Dallas. I think she had some of that article. Right. And regarding the original Dallas, it was often said that. Um, if you had continued to run it instead of Leonard Katzman, it would have been canceled earlier? Why do you no, think... No, I said that. You said I always say that. Oh. Yeah, but I always, I always say that as false modesty. <laughs> 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 I always say if I had run the show instead of uh, Leonard, uh, it may not be the hit it is today. Uh, but I never meant that. Because Leonard was always busy saying, oh, but you know, the difference between uh, the guy that runs, uh, you know, the producer and the creator is... I, I was always laughing because I had to tell him, but you're being stupid. I get more space in these articles because I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I say things like, you know, if I had run the show, every night before I go to sleep, I say a baruchah, you know, for, for Leonard Kastner, because if I had run it, it definitely would have been a slightly different show. And there might be some truth in that because my own um, sensibilities are very middle class. Very middle class. I always write, I mean, not for any was the perfect show for me to do. Mm-hmm. And even as I wrote Dallas to these rich people, you know, I had at the center of it, and, and as the, the, the um, um, what do you call that, um, the thing that kicks it off, uh, the, I had the center of it, and as a catalyst to, to, to all the events that, that provided story for Dallas, was a, a, a woman who had very middle-class aspirations, you know, who didn't want to be rich. Mm-hmm. And that was Pam. And um, and even when I think now of the remake, I thought uh, of the, uh, not the remake, the, um, to be careful what we call it, but, uh, you know, the new Dallas. Mm. 2.0? I think, um, I think it should have been, it should be more, like, you know, what about if, 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 uh, if uh, Anne had been black? I used to be married to her for 15 years. And uh, it just would have been something... Audacious, you know, mm-hmm. and that would have fitted in with the times more. Now I wonder, if, even though we have enormous wealth now and all this separation, I wonder if that wouldn't have made it. Not even comments on it. Not even making a. Not, not even making a, 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 a point. You know, a, a plot point. Um, but just to 
know, to, 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 to cover the, 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 you know, the, uh, the landscape, you know, just to cover the... But by the way, I should say anything. I absolutely love the way the show looks. Oh, the cinematography. Yeah, cinematography and widescreen, high def. <laughs> right. Seeing, seeing uh, uh, Dallas so big and all that, you know, the widescreen, it just looks beautiful. Now, I think uh, Rodney Charters has done a great job in coming over from 24 with really capturing it, as as you said. Um, yeah, it looks great. Joan Van Ark was often um, likes to imagine a modern-day position of Valine in power at this point, and I think it echoes the way Linda Gray has asked Sue Ellen to be portrayed in the new series. Uh, it's kind of a powerhouse role model does that lead to a dead end and when you get rid of some of their character neuroses or would it be more interesting to see them have well I don't see Valine uh, being in a position of power I could see her being um, I just don't see that that kind of of uh, so strong a transition I mean she's a strong woman but she said she became a strong woman before your eyes Mm-hmm. But it's not, um, I don't see what that, I don't, you know, it's a really backfire. I thought that Miss Ellie should be, have been a strong part, uh, like uh, Ann Richards, you okay. know, the, the woman who was killed in the governor of Texas. Um, uh, somebody like that, but nobody liked that. Right. Uh, I don't think Ann Richards was well known at the time when I did it, but I mean, a character like that. And, um, so, and that would be a transition, but you have to believe the transition. And I sort of believe it was Linda. Right, because she went... Yeah, they figured she had so many interesting uh, flaws or, or, or characteristics, uh, questionable characteristics, that, that it would have been fun to see her straighten herself out, you know? Straighten herself out to that degree. I would have liked to have seen that happen on screen, practically. Mm-hmm. Or become that woman, you know. Yeah, I think I think one of the things with with, uh, with Sue Ellen again, with, you know, from feedback from fans is that because you know, obviously, the, one of the reasons everyone kind of adhered to her and loved her in the first place was the whole drinking and the kind of the you know and the and the conflict with Jr. And once that was removed, it kind of felt that she was kind of the character was kind of lost and in a way and I think Linda herself has said it even with the new series it kind of felt she didn't know really what where the character was going what, what, where the character was now and what she should be doing with it it was kind of slightly in limbo well, I would make the same suggestion now I had at the time uh, isn't she going to run for governor yeah on the in her character is running for governor right now yeah so maybe they're good there. You know, maybe that'll... But even Texas is different now. I don't know. Where are you calling from? Hmm? Where are you situated? Where are you calling from? Oh, I'm in Boston. England or the U.S.? I'm sorry? I'm in Boston, up on the East Coast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, it's just curious. And, um... Let's see, do you... With, you mentioned the plot-driven shows uh, of late of over character driven shows in Knott's Landing in Dallas we obviously had quirky characters Gar- Gary Valine Digger Richard Avery 
was there something natural about them which you think is missing from shows today in general? No, I think shows today are terrific. The good ones. <laughs> I think, um, um, you know, I really like, uh, I really like Big Love. People are sometimes surprised when I say that. Oh, that was terrific. Yeah, I like that. Really like, huh? I said, I yeah, think that was I like, really good. I like that series. That was really good. Yeah, and I, uh, I miss it. And then when you go, um, and like World War Empire, I started out liking very much, and then I started out, then I started kind of soured on it. Um, and I don't know why, because the, once it was established that he had the values or, or that, yeah, that he had the, the, the absence of values, he was a vicious character. Once that was established, all he could really do is have other people react to it, but without his having a, a sympathetic, uh, his being sympathetic in some way and having a specific goal to get to. But I think most of those sort of the other people who, who were disappointed in him provided now have obstacles to his movie. I don't know, I'm just saying check off right now, but you know, it's just, uh, they needed fear, desire, belief, and they didn't, didn't have it. And I got tired of it. But Big Love seemed like humans. Mm. Um, and they made human, uh, you know, a community. I would never think about being human. <laughs> it would never occur to me these people were human. You know, and uh, uh, so I don't really go with that. that you know, Mad Men, too. I like, I like a lot of the newer shows. I don't watch them that often, so I can't be literate because I, I tend to watch uh, less television, especially this year when I just yeah political shows. Uh, but um, um, I forgot where I was going with that. But Do you think what that was the question? It was about the um, quirky characters that on the character-driven shows that... Yeah, so like, but yeah, so like you had, like, it, it felt like, I think the, the, the question was kind of framed around, like, in the 70s, you had, it seemed to be more like you had these characters who were kind of larger than life, like you had Digger Barnes in, in the in the pilot miniseries, and then those characters seem to, they don't seem to appear as much in, on mainstream TV. It doesn't have those larger-than-life characters. Like, in, in New Dallas, I guess, it doesn't It doesn't seem to have those those quirky characters of some, like Richard Avery or, or uh, you know, or Digger. Oh, Digger was great. <laughs> and that... That also... Oh, now you make that. That also well, brings my up... Heartache. Yeah. That also yeah. brings up um, the fact that TV shows nowadays, we've talked about Mad Men, some of those, they have shorter, more condensed seasons. Do you find that benefits them more, or do people watch and then go, I just got into it, now the season's over? And no, I don't think so. When they're successful, I think, you know, what happened with the Sopranos, everybody really was disappointed that they skipped a year, you know, and then, then when it came back, it was great. It was a great, uh, uh, a great thing. You know, I think I have two answers to that. And if you saw me right now, I'd have a line down the middle of myself. One side blue and one side red. But, but the, the uh, um, is that when I think about how, much less work they have to do, you know, and about the fact that they can have the luxury of having scripts before they start shooting, uh, which we almost never did. We almost gobbled up our scripts 
we were almost behind from the third or fourth show on. <laughs> and it turned out 22 hours, a 22 hour movie every year is really what it was. There's a lot of work and a lot of pressure. Now, looking back, nothing made me happier than, <laughs> than mm-hmm. to find out we couldn't get an actor we wanted to get and therefore the whole, the whole show that's supposed to start shooting tomorrow we have to throw out. And we have to come up with this. And I say, oh, shit, no, terrible, horrible. And then as somebody once says, looking at me, I've never seen him so happy. Because of the worst, you know, I just personally get off on that. Uh, Dallas used to lock up their um, number and lock up copies of their Bible. But not to any Bible. You leave around anywhere because we weren't going to follow it anyway. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a deliberate decision, but on Sunday, the phone rang on Sunday, and it was Mike. And I was like, ugh. And he said, I have an idea. <laughs> Or you say, what do you think if we did this? And 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 if it was a good idea and it was better than what we had, we'd go with it. And of course, dominoes would fall. And by the end of the season, we were nowhere near where we wanted to go, or where we had planned to go. But I like to think that the show was better and fresher for that. So to, to answer one side, I, yeah, I, I can say I really envy these guys. They're only doing 10, 12, maybe 15 shows a year, and they get out of a nice Instead of having a six-week hiatus, you know, they get to have a real the quarter of the year off because they don't make as much money either nowadays as uh, we did then. So we had more money to spend but no time to spend it. You know? Whereas now, um, um, I guess you really have to have a... Uh, um, it's hard to, to, to pull a profit on these shows. I, I have no doubt that the, that the studio finds a way, but not always shared but um, uh, yeah I'd love the idea of having all that time to do shows and and uh, uh, the plan arcs and to you know just get it out of your system and do it and then you're away from it mm-hmm. doing a show for 14 years like like uh, not planning the only time I wasn't thinking about it or working on it was when I was doing a pilot for another new show so it wasn't exactly taking time off right you know when, and when you have That's a, it. When you have a long-running series, what would your approach be to something like continuity? I know some issues have come up in the new series. Is there any way to ensure that continuity issues don't happen, or is it just inevitable that mistakes are going to be made? Well, we tried not to make mistakes, but uh, I like the way uh, Leonard and Phil came up with their way of dealing with it. It was dream. Uh, <laughs> but... When Leonard told me, I knew that they were unhappy in that eighth season. Leonard's office was right, right about mine. We were building this three-story building in the offices. We were like twins. And we, we talked more on the steps than we did any other time. I'd see him coming down the steps. And um, I knew they were unhappy with the show, and he was going to come back, and he was going to try to get um, Bobby back. He was trying to get uh, Patrick back. So... I said, you're getting Patrick back? He said, yeah. And I said, it's not true what I've heard, is it? He said, what? And somebody said, maybe you make the last season between. He said, yeah. He says, he's no value to us as any other, as anybody else. He, he's only a value to us as Bobby Ewing. And I can't think of I said, well, that's the worst thing I ever heard. And he said, well, give me something better. <laughs> and I couldn't come up with anything better. <laughs> um... And, uh, uh, you know, so you went, you just go with it. It's, you know, it causes a lot of talk. But I also think that it, 
you know, it didn't really save the show, though, the, the ratings. And it didn't, um, it kept it going in a more interesting way. But you have to be careful what you, what you do to the audience, I think. But, you know, when you, when you say that you, you did shows as, as best you could uh, to deal with Bobby's death. And you get the audience crying and mourning with the uh, with the characters. I think they're going to be resentful. I think I think they'll be resentful if you then tell them it didn't even happen and that they were manipulated for a fraud. But I guess people don't think that deeply and don't care. I mean, not that that's deep, but you know what I mean. I guess they don't go into it with that many uh, that much consideration. But I, continuity. I can't think of too many times when an actor we had continuity Bob. Or at least one that we didn't deal with. Right, I know. Did you? Um, I think each each time they brought Jenna Wade back, it, it seemed like there was. Oh no, no, no down in Dallas. I'm oh. on. Uh, oh no, I'm not. Not landing. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, no, I don't know. I yeah, I I can't think of any. I think I think yeah, I think with uh, with new, I think yeah, but like with New Dallas, there's been a couple of things, minor things in my opinion, but a couple of things, and I guess. The question, you know, how do, with a long-running series when there's so many episodes, how do you stop that from happening? I mean, it, it, you know, is it just one of those things? It just, you know, it's inevitable. Well, you do have a Bible every year, and even though you ignore it, like I did, like we did, um, you still stay in the general shape of the season. And the only time I remember. Um, playing with the possibility that is inviting the possibility was when, like when Lisa Hartman left and we really wanted her back. Um, we really felt that we lost a lot of um, texture when she went. Mm-hmm. Um, because she was dishy like Abby, but Abby was, was you know, out there. She was accessible to Lisa. You know, just a little bit slutty, you know, and that was sort of a, a really lovable you know that character. <laughs> so, um, so we brought her back just as a lookalike, and we made her so much, so different that I remember my mother said, "Is that her?" <laughs> she wasn't even sure it would be so hard. So, you know, when when I first started doing television, um, which is in in seventy seven. Um, when we talked about uh, casting Dallas, Barbara Miller was in charge of casting. And she said something I like to recruit a lot. Somebody pointed out that Barbara Bogetis was only nine years older than Patrick, uh, than uh, Larry Hagman. And Barbara said, and everybody said, oh, well, and then Barbara Miller said, only for a minute. And I guess what she meant is, the audience is going to say, you know, see him, and somebody will say or not say, you know, to, isn't she a little bit young to be his mother? And then it's over, you know. That's the minute. Then you keep on going. She's still playing his mother. And it's not something that you have to live with when you make a, a um, uh, when you do it. Don't, don't, don't not do the cast that you want just because of one of those things. Because those, one of those little facts, little factoids, because they, they're not going to hurt you. Right. Only notice it for a minute. Hmm. So, um, so that kind of, uh, I didn't mind having 
Like, I didn't care too much about sticking to the... I, I think our children on our show grew up a lot faster than children do. <laughs> and, I require, you know, we go from a, from a baby character to a two-year-old quite fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't mind doing that uh, because I never said... We never said it was in exact real time, you know. It was in, in rough real time. But um, I can't think of anything that we did where we ran into. The, the, the big serious problem was when they wanted to make, well, on Dallas, they put down a, a formidable entourage. It Leonard and, and, and Phil, and Leonard and Phil never came anywhere together, and, uh, and uh, Art Lewis and Camille, and they said, uh, now, is it absolutely certain in the pilot that, that Ray and uh, Lucy had sex in the in the payoff in the pilot. Mm, uh-huh. Absolutely, it was the most famous part of the part of the pilot. And because they wanted to make Ray into her um, uh, into into Jock's illegitimate son, and they really begged me <laughs> to tell them it wasn't so. I said, well, maybe it's just, you know, maybe it's just, you just jerked him off. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> we didn't see it, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think they just went with it. And then I just, you know, they had to do it. You know, maybe it was anything but thing, you know? Yes. Limited to second base. Call me uh, Pam. Call me Pam. <laughs> yes. Oh, was that great? <laughs> I forgot about that. Well, I really had a dirty mind. Not dirty, you know. I mean, really libidinous. And there, are, they're just. I was going to say, yeah, just jumping back to uh, earlier, the earlier question about about uh, Pamela and her exit, and and the, the, the so, and you mentioned that that you know that perhaps the way she was left hanging was due to due to relationships with with producers and stuff. Can you can you say any more about that? I don't know, uh, you know, and I'm not being, uh, I'm not, I'm not playing uh, hard to get. I, I knew that we were both, both shows were at a stage where we were having to uh, trim back, which I used to call amputate, because I thought I would, you know, I'm not going to amputate any more limbs for my show, you know, and then I would amputate mm. somebody because otherwise I didn't have a show. And, um, um, but Michael and I decided, to a little digression, to, to not do any more knots landings. Mm. because of that, even though they would have given us a, um, another one, but another season, Shigansky was guy. But uh, it, it, at that time, we were just doing doing harm, you know. And, um, um, and, and so when Victoria left, um, I just, you know, I don't even remember anybody saying we're not bringing Victoria back. It just changed. I mean, it just, things were just changing. The other women taking, you know, involved uh, in Bobby's life. She didn't really have that I can think of. You'll probably you probably know the show better than I do, but she didn't really have an investment in the stories that were coming up. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Uh, of course, they could have put her in. You know, she could have given her some. Yeah, but that, yeah, that, maybe that, that, that seemed to happen after. Uh, obviously, there was the dream season, and Phil Capice left, and uh, and then the following season when. Patrick came back. It seemed like Pam was then suddenly um, she became more sidelined as a character during that season. Window. Before she left, and then she left at the end of it, like window dressing. Mm. 
Yeah. I, I really don't know. I, I The person I talked to is Camille. Mm. I don't know. Camille wasn't there anymore either. Uh, God, Arch did. Bill's did. Lenz did. Jeez. I'm waiting any minute. Uh, no. Don't go anywhere near a guy with a beard and a staff. Um... <laughs> I'm <laughs> much younger than anyone. Um, um, I just don't know. Really, by that time, I was, I was probably losing uh, Laura and uh, well, Richard. We lost before Laura, mm-hmm. and that was a shame because some of the best written stuff on the. I know we're not talking about not the best looking stuff. The, the best written stuff that we did was for. Uh, uh, Laura and uh, Sumner. We once had a little night where we, I forgot what, what they were giving us an award for something. And nobody nobody in the industry watched Not Planning because it was always against the Botsko shows. So we were against Hilsey Blues, and then, which we won the, which we used to beat. And then uh, LA Law, which was sort of even with. They kind of beat us, but we beat them on their cliffhangers when they went ahead. But anyway, um, um, it was it was it was very hard to um, uh, I'm just trying to think. Now it was it was I don't let me sorry it was very I wouldn't know about what was happening in the house. I was too worried about my own. I had my own source. I had my own, <laughs> I had my own problems uh, eliminating characters. I don't think I don't know that it's too good an idea to. Um, look, I know your readers are kind of interesting, but uh, kind of interested in in Victoria. Victoria always sold. You know, when her cover was in a magazine. Mm. They doubled their sales. Mm. Very popular with women who read who read women's magazines and. Um, and because the older women, married women, liked, liked um, Sue Ellen. And really wanted her to get her own, you know? But Victoria was more, she was like Melanie Griffith in the uh, working girl. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she wasn't that, um, yeah, she was really somebody that came out of there and had the opportunity to come and came out of one environment, had the opportunity to go into another. And didn't like it too much. You know, it, it, it really is true that Victoria was supposed to be the central character. And when we first pitched the, the show, they told me that uh, they had Linda Evans under contract. And they, so what I really had written on that those pages that I told you about earlier was untitled Linda Evans series. Mm-hmm. And Michael took that off. And he said, Linda Evans is never going to do this. They're looking for a piece. They're not looking to put her in an ensemble piece although later she was you know she dynasty but uh, and you know I didn't want to say anything uh, anything so I just said Dallas so so the part became smaller actually because in the maybe the original original um, pilot draft which I wouldn't have a clue where it is um she was supposed to be more, uh, more central. She was supposed to be more, and the decision to make Bobby uh, strong already, or stronger than, also is what made JR possible. Because we didn't have a strong, 
Bobby was supposed to be, as I said, we're going to have a kind of hot and root. And his, uh, he was supposed to take a little, it was supposed to require a little effort on Pamela's part to get him to go and, and, and take a seat in the office and take his, take charge of the coast take on some responsibility. But they all decided that they'd be needed a more heroic male. And they might have been right. I mean, I, I'm never saying this wrong because obviously this was at the beginning of a show that lasted, that became Dallas. Um, but making him that strong that early really made him kind of irrelevant, or less relevant in the beginning. And, there, and so it gave her less, less, uh, because she was supposed to have conflict with J.R., but with plans, she was to have a lot of conflict with Bobby. You know, she married him, let's get out of here. I don't want to live here. I don't want to live with your family. Just kind of well, there was that talk I've heard before about somewhere along the line, someone said that they wanted to kill Bobby after the first five episodes and have... Yeah, Michael said it. Oh, it was Michael that... Yeah, but it was not... Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't said in... Um, in uh, I don't know. I, I, it was just that to say it to consider it because we were having trouble getting him. He, he already looked preachy to me in those first five. In those first five, only three of them were any good. And they were in fact, the fifth one was the best one. But that was, um, but he was already, I was already finding him difficult because he's too, um, he, he didn't easy to say. But they'd be a mess, and then it became a mess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I say this is the only conversation I've had about um, about Dallas. I'm not saying in the beginning that sort of makes me remember how much fun it was. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I'm out of there. I'm glad I'm out of there, but uh, it was really a lot of fun. Right. And I kind of draw parallels to what just came out last in the last week or so when. Um, Disney is buying George Lucas, and he's going into retirement, and he wants someone else to carry Star Wars forward. I kind of see a lot of parallels with you saying that Dallas let someone else do it for the 21st century. Do you kind of feel that way? Um, I absolutely do. I absolutely do that. That I know that that's that's not the way you get rich. Um, you know, I didn't want to do any more of these continuing dramas. I didn't even want to, uh, and I stopped. We do one called Secrets in Midland Heights, which is terrific, and then one. Uh, then I would I did a couple with other writers, you know, I'd let them do uh, Barringers and and uh, later uh, Home Fun. But it was I didn't want to keep doing that over and over again. I didn't realize it was supposed to be a Knox Landing, Miami, a Knox Landing, Philadelphia. You know, <laughs> all the do the same shows over and over. And even even Stephen Vachka did did. But he had more of a genre of his own. We were not doing the same thing over and over again. And I really didn't want to do that. I wanted to do different kind of shows. And I did make a flop. <laughs> you know, but for whatever reason. So, um, yes, but anyway, I, I didn't want to, I, I, I wouldn't want to go back to do it again. Right, so I'd be afraid of getting it wrong. You know, isn't that funny? Because I didn't know, knowingly get it right. But I'd be afraid. Well, now I just don't think do it anymore. Well, you've I'm too old. I've been through. Well, you've created a hell of a legacy too. Some shows that are oh, yeah. still talked about all these years later, and one back on the air. And um, there is no doubt in my mind 
what it's going to say in the first line of my obituary. <laughs> right. To me, David Jacobs, creator of Dallas. And you know what? I wish it was that, that he that he, uh, um, cured cancer or brought peace to the world. But still creating that, that show is not nothing. Mm. And one more question from me before we wrap up. Um, you mentioned in the beginning that uh, the new show obviously takes patience to get um, get the characters down and everything like that. What what advice would you have to diehard Dallas fans that are nitpicking over little things and are are frustrated? With with the new show, would you tell them to stick with it and see how it yes, develops? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. They're in the hands of a very good writer. And a writer who comes um, from um, uh, an entirely different background than mine of the people that, that have done the show. A whole, a whole different uh, set of experiences. As she relaxes into it, you know, and she's very faithful to the old show. You know, she she said many times, and she's, I know she told people this, whatever happened on Dallas, on the original Dallas, is history. We can't mess with that. You know, and that's very nice. But, and that's, you know, and, and I admire her for that. Um, I think that she's going to, I think the show's going to succeed, and it's got 15 episodes for next year. I know it's falling off farm, but on some level, it's a big brand, and it's worth a lot of money, and, it's, and it's, it seems to gain audiences. It, it was very successful. Even after it dropped, it was very successful. You know, it, it was easily, uh, easily got the numbers it required to, to get a renewal on uh, cable. So, I'd absolutely stick with it, because she's going to begin bringing in her experience, her life's experience, and um, and what she knows, those are completely different things than what I knew, or than what were my uh, life's experiences. And it, she's talented enough that it's going to ooze through. It's going to it's going to come through, and and then the show is going to be its own show. You have to believe it. Okay, and and what do you? What are you doing with uh, any anything you're working on or enjoying enjoying your time or? No, I had a. Uh, we don't have to get into this, but I had a. I was working on a novel that I really want to finish, and um, uh, oh shoot, um, and um, uh, and then I had an automobile accident in 2004, and had a, 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 a compound a. a Compression fracture in my back, and I've never really gotten back into the into writing. I don't even know whether I mean I write great emails and stuff, but <laughs> but um, uh, I've just sort of had to face up to the possibility that I would. You know, at first it was, it was medical, but who knows? Maybe it became psychological. I was extremely prolific. I was an extremely easy writer, and um, uh, and it's okay with me if I don't. Uh, I always think there's one more thing in me, but I don't want it to be another television show. Mm. I'd rather it be the novel. Right. In other words, um, I'm not sure if there's another David Jacobs, but there was a series of 24 declassified novels, and one of them was 
written by a David Jacobs. That wasn't you, was it? What did he classify now? Uh, it was just a uh, based on the series twenty four. They were just. Oh no, no, no that wasn't. Okay. That's it. Just David Jacobs or David M. Jacobs? Uh, I'll have to go back and look at the uh, book. T- the book, but uh, I saw that and I said, "That's that's not the same guy, is it?" <laughs> but. Um, no, I'm definitely not a writer for hire. <laughs> oh. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, uh, um, once you've. Um, uh, I mean, because I always said I would never, I would never go work on somebody else's show, but I kind of enjoyed doing that for the last ten years. Um, you know, being the, the, the white knight, um, and um, but I, I don't, I don't want to get back into it. It's too. Um, I'm, it's, I'm in a different place now. I would, I would love to have. Um, uh, you know, whoever, if they do, let's say they. They do very well with this Gary and Bowsway, and they decide to do a, um, a, a not um, a resumption or, or a reboot or a recreation. Uh, I mean, I would like to be more involved in that than I was with Dallas. I had one meeting with Cynthia, but they really, I mean, they were really terrified that I was going to. But anyway, I, I didn't really have a, a big participation. Um, I, and I don't want to participate. Let's see what happens with it. I'm not saying I wouldn't go you know, go in and maybe consult. say, how about doing this, how about doing this, and leave, you know. Right. Because, I, because I know that, that it's, I wouldn't want, if I were running a show now, I wouldn't want me there, you know, looking over my shoulder. Right. It's like whoever takes over Star Wars doesn't want George Lucas just hovering there. Oh, my God. Even George Lucas couldn't do it. <laughs> really couldn't uh, couldn't come up to the, the, the standard that he set from Right. Okay. Um, Colin, anything? Yeah, I think there was just yeah, just just talking about the fans, and uh, as uh, as uh, you just asked Josh in a previous question. Um, um, one of the things now, I feel there's a there's a, there's a pressure in the new like social media age with like Twitter and Facebook and websites, you know, with fans having more of a direct contact, and there seems to be there's a real kind of pressure on, you know, because there's that there's, there's that direct dialogue. There seems to be a pressure from the fans on producers and stuff to you know to do certain things. Yes. So you were going back to not landing and the. Yeah, so I was saying if you there's like a real now there's a kind of more of a dialogue with fans, and I wondered if during the original uh, when you were doing not slanding, if you had like a lot of feedback from fans via letters or whatever, and if and if that was if you ever took that on board or you just kind of you know uh, ignored, <laughs> ignored I, it. I was very, I was, I was every uh, not saying came on Thursday night. Every Friday morning, I would go back to Studio City. Um, there's a deli called Arts. A lot of people have breakfast. And I would go in and listen to all of the waitresses, you know, all of the, the, the uh, tell me, evaluate last night's show. And uh, see who they liked and who they didn't like. And, and just get a feel for it. And then, and then I'd walk down uh, Ventura Boulevard. And in the course of that, all those years, I would stop at the optician. I would, <laughs> I really got, uh, uh, so that's, that's about, that's about what I, I had. I also got very good at seeing when I was introduced to somebody, you know, or introduced myself on a plane or whatever, um, introduced somebody if they had um, uh, reservations where they, a lot of times they hadn't even seen it, not funny. But I would always kind of get, get, I always wanted to know as much as possible from as many people as possible 
outside of the industry. Hmm. Uh, what 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 they think of the show, and not giving making anybody an expert because there are no experts, yep. just audiences. And um, I didn't like. Um, um, I, I probably would have enjoyed the um, the, uh, the input. I had letters, and I would generally answer them if they were if they were you know, lucid and about something about something really solved the problem. And I, I you know, I'd go anywhere. Yeah, I, I do like to talk about it, but I didn't. But uh, again, uh, as uh, I didn't need to talk to more people. Uh, I always remind myself that I wrote Dallas was my first thing when I didn't know anything. So I had to recapture that wonderful state of not knowing anything. <laughs> I never quite recaptured it. But but my my Friday mornings in Studio City were. Um, um, I saw a a, 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 a ABC uh, executive when we were doing. I met him for breakfast there at Arts. And then afterwards, we walked down the street together. Arts was somewhere, and he couldn't believe it. Of course, he told the story all over town. But I guess everybody was then going to Arts or their local deli and <laughs> trying to recreate that. But it was fun. Mm. It was fun. I, I do, and I do need input. You know? Mm. So do you, do you find that the um, increase of the social media today has created more pressure or more feedback for the people working on shows today, do you think, that it would... I don't know. I think it's probably nice for them. Um, I don't know. It, uh, I don't know. I don't really... I don't have any... Well, I have a couple of friends that have shows, but we usually don't talk about them. Um... Uh, Sort of interesting. I mean, I read some of the couple of his interviews with Cynthia when she first came on. I thought she looked like she was coming to God. Um, it's a different world. It is a different world. Mm. And um, uh, and I'm glad I was in it at the time I was. And I'm sort of mildly envious of the the freedom that some of the new guys get. In, in television, making television, freedom is the, the most, uh, the most uh, uh, creative freedom. It's the most coveted thing, and that's why I always say I never complain about my first Dallas deal, which was weak, because it was my first thing. Is that because Dallas was my first thing, always had that freedom. I never, for 15, you know, almost 20 years afterwards, I never had, if I went and fixed a show and the, uh, a new show and the network didn't want to do it, that was also the good news. <laughs> and then, you know, I didn't have to shoot a pilot this spring. So um, it, it took all that, um, all that pressure off. But I don't know that, the, that, that doing those uh, things online create pressure or does it? create, does it liberate? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Like, I guess there's more freedom with uh, with the new Dallas being on cable, I guess, as opposed to uh, a major network. Well, but there are more people um, looking over your shoulder, too. Yeah, yeah. But saying that, actually, I think the the, uh, the original Dallas miniseries seemed more daring uh, than even now, in many respects. Well, thank you for saying that because I happen to believe that. I think Dallas, what it was, was audacious, mm. and uh, what it it, it it 
later became was safe. And what it is now, I think, is, uh, I won't say it's safe, but it's not audacious enough. Hmm. And by audacity, it, it, it only means if you think of something like, you know, make the white black, do it. Not that that's so audacious anymore, but just do it, you know. And if you uh, if you want the girl to uh, to uh, have sex with a guy who may later prove to be related, <laughs> do it and worry about that later. <laughs> um, just just uh, just do it. Don't take twelve weeks to build up a story. You know, do it in four, so that it has some shock value. Mm. Um, and uh, kind of like that. Kind of like yes. that, that. I'm sorry. Kind of like that book that was uh, that was written. Um, the, the Lee Raintree book. Oh, the Lee Raintree book that was written. Oh man, is that the one? Is that the one with Sue Ellen? Had, where, is that the? I know the Lee Raintree book's a big book, right? A big in size. There was a small novelization of the first five. Yeah, I think that was it, and it was quite, um, it was quite controversial. It's where Sue Ellen was yeah, raped, the, and she enjoyed the, the, it. I remember the you know the episode where they during the hurricane and the two uh, Brian the two guys come and they make yeah Brian Dennehy and I forgot the other guy. Luther Frick and Peyton Allen. Yeah, and they oh you guys really good. Um, <laughs> you know you're um, in the book. They take her in the back and fuck her, you know. Mm. I like that, which we didn't even tell us. Yeah, and and then and and in it, I believe, if I recall, she enjoyed it. Well, I think we're just about at the end, anyway. But um, that 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 book was interesting because I think Jr. turned out to be <laughs> Lucy's father. Through. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, that would. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, yeah, with Bal- yeah, and Balin here. Yeah. Well, maybe after that scene, I just. Said I'll stop here and read this scene over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, funny. Talking about, did you ever contemplate making, uh, or was it was that just in that book? Um, Jr. Valine's, I mean, Jr. Yeah, Lucy's father. Was was that something that ever Never. crossed your mind? Never. Never. Lucy's father had to be. Uh, well, we first David Ackroyd and then Ted Jackson. So she had two fathers. Um, you know, two actors playing the part, but but I know. No, I always thought she was, it was necessary. I mean, she had enough problems. You know, <laughs> if it was something else. <laughs> God, she was... And it, it's weird how well, she I, never transitioned over to Knott's Landing for whatever reason. Um, she did one. She she did one, and then it was almost like yeah. she was never... never I never really wanted those characters. Yeah, I never want them on Knott's Landing because... Every time we had a show with them in Los Landing, it didn't work. And it was because we, and it was easy for me to notice, to diagnose the problem. There were different scales. Yeah, yeah. JR came over and slept with Donna. But Donna was, was, uh, existed on the scale of, re, on the size of reality, of, of groundedness. And he was bigger than life. And, and, the- and you couldn't, yeah. And the, and Donna and Larry actually worked together on an old show in the early '70s, which was interesting. And yeah, I heard da- it. David Wayne was their boss. Oh right, that's right. That was the Good Life. And is that what it's called, the Good Life? The Good Life. And Larry and Donna were actually married, a married couple. I do think I remember that. But I just don't remember anymore. 
but they, 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 they did have an interesting chemistry when you got them together. Just the, you can't trust each other. Type. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. But, but like Larry, um, they, they were just, it was, they were in the wrong show. You know, it was no, excite, no excitement to not say when we had Kristen on. Yeah, just, she, um, she turned up and what did she do? Fooled around with, was it no. uh, Kenny Ward? Oh, that's okay. I forgot about that, too. Kenny. Kenny was actually a very funny guy. I didn't know that until later. Yeah. The actor. I would have made him funnier. That <laughs> 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 He might be working on his own show today. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, what else? I think that's, I a, that's everything I have. Point. Yeah, I think that, that covers yeah. Listen, listen, if you have any more, if you have any more, if you need any more, just pop an email and I'll pop you back or give me a call. Brilliant. That's very kind of you. Well, because you can tell I enjoy this. Well, it's it's okay. real, it's really been great getting your insight and perspective uh, on everything and just hearing the history and it's you, you you talk to the actors a lot on these interviews and to talk to someone behind the scenes it's really fresh it's it's something you don't get to do that often yeah well we did the um uh the uh, dvd at Alice, and they asked me to do the, the commentary with larry and um wasn't charlene going, there yeah yeah i said that was charlene and we went down to the uh the recording theater, and after, as we're, you know, it's nothing scripted, you just sort of go and talk. And it, when we took our first break, I was, I felt horrible. I was there, anyone talking to me. Um, and I said to the producer, you know, I feel like I'm hogging everything, but they're not saying anything. You should have told me like this. Because those are the actors I know, and the writers know. You know, they know the, the story, they know where it came from, they, all that. The actors. And it's always like so. After that, you could actually hear me becoming sort of the the uh, the MC instead of the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you think, Larry, wasn't that? Were you there, Larry? You know, so it becomes a little more democratic. Now I'm going to have to go back and watch again just to yeah, pay attention right. to that. Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just what it was. Actually, yeah, talking of DVDs, I mean, what, so Knott's Landing didn't, that got to season two and there was no, uh, everyone's, yeah, not, a lot of unhappy fans about the uh, the rest of the series not coming out. Well, I guess the first one didn't, sure, that, that's what the problem with Knott's, I mean, it doesn't have the, doesn't have the audience. Uh, you know, some person interviewed me recently talked about the one week and she actually knew the week where, where Knott's Landing finished first in the ratings um, and I said but if you check a little bit farther you'll find that both Dallas and Dynasty were preempted that night that week that's <laughs> 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 really true <laughs> mm. so we really weren't as I said we weren't a we weren't a uh, 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 a show that was popular within the industry because they were all watching the Bosco shows um, and which were very popular in the industry I was watching the Bosco shows <laughs> I've already seen it. Mm. So uh, there it goes. I have to go, but as I said, please um, call me at will. Okay. Brilliant, definitely. Thank you very okay, much. Okay, if you thank need anything time. more, fantastic. Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to this edition of the Jung Barbecue Cast Archive Interview Series. Stay tuned for future cast interviews from the archives, and we'll see you next time. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs>